warning, the Paper Cuts podcast has bad language and spoilers, so cover your freaking ears. You are now listening to the Paper Cuts comic podcast with Dean DeFalco, Dan Ryan, Evan Goldstein, and Matt Munch. For the comic podcast with the most personality this side of the galaxy, it'll always be Paper Cuts. Over to you, Dan. Thanks, announcer guy, and thank you for checking out the Paper Cuts podcast. Issue 102, I am your host, Dan Ryan. Joining me this evening are Mr. Matthew Much. (laughs) Yep. And the next voice you hear will be that of Mr. Dean DeFalco. I'm Brian Fellow. (laughs) No, No, you're Dean DeFalco. Okay. I I already gave you the intro and like you. All right, whatever. So uh, I missed last week, and gentlemen, I assume you did a wonderful job. I haven't listened to the episode yet, but you guys read through Dragon Ball with lots of tiny Goku penis, and I'm sorry that I missed all of that. This week we are back with a regular episode because we boring as fuck though. So there were a couple books that came out this week that were pretty good. Severe lack of penis. (laughs) <laughs> there was a, there was a tremendous lack of penis. The time to baby dick clock is still running. <laughs> Thank God. Thank Jeebus. Anyway, so there were there were some books that came out this week, and uh, we read four of them. And uh, well, I'm not sure how I feel really about any of them. It was a so shitty return to comics. <laughs> I, I I am going to. Uh, it's going to be the the manga cuts podcast from now on. <laughs> it's about to be, fucking just One Punch Man every fucking and shit about soccer for some reason. But uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and start with Britannia number one, written by Peter Milligan, art by Juan Jose Rip, and coloring by Jordi Belair. So this book tells the story of. The Vestal Virgins in ancient Rome. And apparently, the Vestal Virgins, in addition to being, well, virgins, virgins. I suppose. Um, they also wear vests. Ha- they wear, oh. yes, no. That's not what Vestal means. Oh, oh that would have made this book so much more likable for <laughs> Dean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really would have. They, uh, they are the keepers of the sacred flame of Rome, and they, they don't have powers, but... The perception among the Roman citizenry is that they do have powers because of their mystique. And and the chief Vestal Virgin uh, even goes so far as to say that in the book, that, you know, the uh, our, our power comes from our mystique. And they... There were no blue shapeshifters in this comic. No, no, there were not. We're going to get to Western Star Wars in a minute. Just hold on. <laughs> so... <laughs> um. We, we start off with, uh, with a war camp going on, and uh, one of the Vestal Virgins is talking to a Roman centurion. We don't know who he is yet, but... It's Rory Williams. It's Rory Williams. Wow. Um, he's made out of plastic. It's very... The nesting consciousness is all over this. Now, um, he uh, he's, appears to be just a dude... And this dude is apparently about to get way more fucking important because the, the chief Vestal Virgin uh, Rubria is here, and she is convincing him to go rescue... Uh, was it Drusa or Dursa? Drusa. Drusa. Drusa, one of the other Vestal Virgins, has been taken 
uh, hostage by a group of nomadic fuckheads, and they are about to sacrifice her, and he needs to go save her. Uh, but if he does this, Emperor Nero will look at it as treason for some re Like, I wasn't really clear on that. Did we... Did I miss that of why a Roman citizen or a Roman soldier saving a Roman citizen would be looked at as treason? I, I didn't, I didn't understand, understand that no, either. Like, okay. Yeah. He's like, he disobeyed orders. I'm like, did he? Because we didn't even know you gave him orders. So. Seems like the thing to do to me. I don't know. Right. Like, it, it doesn't seem like something that would... Be, I, I don't know. I just... I found that part of it to be a little bit confusing and... Um, maybe a little bit convenient for the rest of the story, but anyway. So Antonius, our uh, our lead uh, character here, goes to the cave of Orcus. Uh, Orcus, who I believe uh, Chris and I were talking about it on the Stone Age Gamer last night, is one of the final villains of uh, Kid Icarus of Myth and Monsters on Game Boy. Good to Check know. that out on Good to know. Stone Age Gamer. Anyway, uh, they, they're about to sacrifice this girl. Uh, she's got a bunch of like druid type markings written all over her body and uh as they are about to kill her antonius and a couple other roman centurions come in and start just killing fucking everybody and it was at this point of the book where i was like ah this is why we got juan jose rip to draw this because he does this kind of shit really well like he he draws blood viscera and guts and just eviscerations Oh, yeah, the stabbing maybe, stuff was great. Yeah, that was great. Maybe better than anybody. Like, his stuff is so crazy gory. It's, uh, I fucking love it. I think, I think it's great. I, I know it's not for everybody. He did a book with, uh, with Warren Ellis a couple years ago that, oh, God, it got all types of, like, mainstream media attention because there was, like, political Babe. assassinations and shit in it. I can't remember the fucking name of the book, but it was... It was, I think it was an Avatar uh, press book. It was fucking crazy. But anyway, Warren Ellis, of course it is. So, Antonius uh, sits here and he kills everybody and saves uh, saves the Vestal Virgin and then loses his shit, I think is the best way to put it. A, a An odor comes from the cave of Orcus and uh, it's a green or odor, and he starts, like, fucking losing his shit, and he's having nightmares, and uh, apparently he needs to now be cleansed by being washed in blood by the Vestal Virgins, and... Because that's a thing. Because that's a thing that happens. Um, And getting to stup one of the Vestal Virgins, because Rubria, the chief virgin, said that it's okay. In special circumstances. You can, like... Ah! I think someone's fibbing. I think she might be. I think Rubria is maybe up to no good. You don't she, get to be a Vestal Virgin if you stop, do you? I don't think so. Like, you guys have seen Monster Squad, right? Yeah. Nope. No? Okay, well, at the end of Monster Squad, they're trying to send Dracula and all the other monsters back into the thing, and they get this girl, and they're like, are you a virgin? And she's like, yeah, totally. And she reads from the fucking sacred book. And the monsters don't go back, and they're like, well, that one time, it doesn't count. Yes, it does. One time. Kids, if you're listening, even once, it fucking counts. You can't take that. There's no fucking take back. It fucking counts. <laughs> fucking <laughs> does it, count. Black does. Summer. <laughs> Is that the, yeah, the Warren Ellis book? Yeah. Thank you. Love how you guys just fucking 
my meandering bullshit, and you guys are just like, yeah, that's totally a thing. Let me find it. Got so, uh, anyway, Antonius is, uh, he's cleansed by having sex with one of uh, the Vestal Virgins, the one that he saved. He's been reading through this codex thing that they have, like this, this big tome. He doesn't understand most of it. Um, and then, boom, becomes Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> six years later, motherfucker is a detector. And by detector, we mean that he just goes around and detects things. He's a detective. He's Sherlock Holmes. He's, he's Don't, Sherlock. Yeah, yeah. No, he should have the fucking hat. He's got a he's got a hetero life mate hanging out with him and shit. He's fucking Sherlock Holmes. He is. So, so this this book kind of was like plodding along, getting to its point. Um, but as soon as we met Antonia Antonius's slave, like we meet Antonius has a child. The kid doesn't know that Antonius is his father. He thinks he's his uncle. But this is the kid I am assuming that he had with the Vestal Virgin. Um, uh, as soon as we eventually get to the point where we meet this giant blonde uh, manslave, Bran, that uh, that Antonius has, then the book got kind of funny. Like, Bran was a pretty good character. I liked him. Um, but other than that, like, we just... All of this was set up to get to Emperor Nero sending... Antonius to Britannia to investigate apparently fucking zombies and Orcus again, but he's going at the request of Rubria for some reason. There's a mystery here. I don't know that I gave a shit enough. I gave no shits. No? Okay. I, no. I'm not sure. No shits given. Hashtag it looks no good. I like I like the way it looks. I like Juan Jose Rip's artwork. Jordi Belair does an amazing job on colors, as she always does. Um, you know, that's like again, like asking, does the Pope shit in the woods? Of course. But does I don't know that. Does wear I, a funny hat? Well, certainly. Pope, Laura's not a ham. <laughs> I don't know that I've read a Peter Milligan book <laughs> in a while that I've really loved. And I've loved a lot of stuff that Peter Milligan has done. Um, like, outside of his, his mainstream work, because he's doing Silver Surfer, and that's... I mean, it's Doctor Who, but it's excellent. Hey, listen, it works. And he had an amazing run on Ecstatics. Uh, and this was a long time ago. But, I don't know. He, he's been really hit or miss, and he used to be... I mean, he usually writes really weird shit, and this was really weird, but it was it was weird in an obtuse kind of way, not in a quirky kind of way, and I didn't really care for it. I don't I don't think I'm going to read the next issue. Uh, Are either no. of you? No. No? No. It was kind of really ugly, like... I thought, yeah, we're... Well, I'm not a fan of his art either. I mean, mm -hmm. the stabbing stuff, sure, that that was great because gore is really easy because it's it's ugly. Make it ugly. But goddamn, did he make the people ugly too? Yeah, no, they're not attractive. That's <laughs> that's for sure. They all uh they all fell out of the ugly tree and and hit most of the branches on the way down. They hit every goddamn branch, man. <laughs> every fucking one. They got hit. It fucking must have hurt a lot. Took down the tree. <laughs> just fucking broken branches and just shit everywhere. Um, yeah, man, like, unfortunately, I think this is a pass. And, like, for Matt, for you to say that you're not going to read the next issue, you read 
at least the first two issues of damn near everything. I read a lot of stuff, and I probably won't pick this up. Yeah, so that's... Sorry. Uh, that is not a ringing endorsement, Mr. Milligan. I am sorry. I apologize um, for issue 200 when we have you on as a guest. Um, oh, oh, man. we're talking shit to him? Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything that I'm going to get fucking called out for. <laughs> <coughs> Evan and... Um, I said sorry. <laughs> you, you did. I you said, said sorry. You apologized. <laughs> well, fault? that's... That's when we talk to uh, Mr. Rip, but I like his artwork, though. You know, you guys can fucking get shit for that. Um, no, I just, I, I can't recommend it. And that bums me out, because I was, I was super intrigued by the concept. The concept seemed really cool. What the fuck was the concept? I didn't even understand what the fuck the concept was. It's Something fucking, to do with Orcus. Yeah, weird monsters and ancient Rome and, like, weird power. I don't know. It's fucking cool. I like that kind of shit, but... I don't know. I fucking just, Roman knights and shit. Whatever. Whatever, <laughs> man. Fucking uh, detectors detecting or whatever. Yeah, it's like yeah, that. Sherlock Holmes and Cthulhu Thanks, all Dan. mashed up. Thanks. Seemed... That really cleared it up for me, bud. Appreciate well, the help. That's about what we read, right? Oh, like, no. That's you're, long you and are short correct. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's an accurate description Some of the Some bitch named Marcus is coming through and shit, fucking shit up. You know, just that guy's fixing it. He's a detector. He's like Sherlock Holmes. He's got a gay slave or whatever. They they hang out or whatever. Mm. Fucking, he bathes in blood. Apparently, he's okay after that. Whole thing makes sense. Fuck me. Why not, right? <laughs> I think what I'm more surprised by, honestly, is that this is the first book from Valiant that I've been like, eh. You know what? Okay, yeah, I agree with that. I I surprised myself. Normally, Valiant's dope as fuck. They were not dope as fuck. Well, and this, I don't... That's the other question I have, is... Will this eventually tie into the overall bigger picture of the Valiant universe? Or I kind of hope not. I feel like this doesn't really jive in too well. I don't think it will, because the covers aren't formatted the same way as the rest of the series are. Right, right. They probably that just seems like a thing they would do if they're going to tie it in. I I think that's a really good point. They they do they have a very consistent uh branding across their titles and this uh this does not look like that at all. I kind of hope that they don't stop with their like universe that they're doing though because it was cool to kind of have another universe that we could read besides Marvel and DC that was all tied together in some way. Well, and what's cool about it is that it's still so relatively new. Yeah. I mean, we're yeah. talking four or five years that if you want to jump into the Valiant universe, you it's are still... not a billion dollars. Yeah, well, and you're still pretty much on the ground floor. Less you can than a get... billion dollars. Mm -hmm. That's what it's just saying on all the fucking books. Less than a billion dollars. That is a bargain. Mm -hmm. Like, it, but there's not... There's also not just a money issue, but there there's not so much... Um, Minutia to get involved with you know we'll talk about it a little bit when we get to venom space night but you know here we are looking at another symbiote and you know those of us who have read venom before know anything about the character know that there's a bunch of other versions of the symbiote and like there's so much history and backstory with the valiant universe you can kind of jump right in and get caught up pretty quickly you know grab a couple of trades and and you're good to go and the books are all really super solid and I, everybody was trying real hard on this book you know like they get a gold star for effort but listen don't talk shit about bay because venom is bay <laughs> i still don't know what that means 
What does that mean? Doesn't fucking matter, man. Just don't talk shit about Venom. Is okay. it an acronym? Is is Bay an acronym? No, it's, like, it means like baby. Like like best it's, ass it's ever? an affectionate term. I I saw somewhere somebody said it means before all or before anyone else. Okay, that's just stupid. If that's what it actually means, I just thought it was short for baby. No, now now I'm fucking pissed. That's stupid. And then I'm glad I told you because it's fucking dumb. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of it to begin with, but I digress. So, yeah, Britannia, the poop. Pass, pass, and pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. wholeheartedly. All right, moving on. Western Star Wars number one, also known as Seven to Eternity, uh, written by Rick Remender, art by Jerome Opeña, uh, published by Image. Now, gentlemen. It seems to me, going off the context clues of what you said a few minutes ago, that the two of you didn't like this book very much. I didn't even fucking get it, man. Well, it wasn't that I didn't I get it. Book. It was just, just kind of meh. I mean, I didn't hate it, but I certainly didn't love it. Oh, I thought it was all right. What about I you, was, Dan? I was so excited for this book because I fucking adore Fear agent. You love everyone, Dan, you big whore. That's true. I am full love. I'm like I'm like a less peppy Chris Traeger. But <laughs> <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally a less peppy I don't know, Tiff's been watching fucking Parks Direct. It's wonderful Good, show. Good, I'm happy. But anyway. Um so Fear Agent was a book that Remender and Opeña did uh, maybe six, seven years ago. Um, and it's fucking great. It's awesome. And I recommend everybody go out and, and pick up the trades of Fear Agent if you can find them. You know, just fucking get it. It's an amazing book. So the fact that they were reteaming on some fucking right on. I'm super excited about this. And reading through this story, it really did feel to me like a Western Star Wars. Like we have, you know, not... Not a hundred percent Star Wars, but kind of in that same idea of like we they're have this, this big emperor and there there's some Tauntaun looking motherfuckers. There and were a lot of Tauntauns, like an excessive amount. <laughs> there, there really Several. Was. There was some there was some weird shit, like I, Oh yeah. There was a fair I amount of weird shit in this book. Yeah. It's I plenty. I really liked the um the relationship building that was done really early in the book and like I, I don't know. It just kind of got me because the dude's daughter's name is Katie and my daughter's name is Katie. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like I was, it's a stupid thing to get hooked by, but that sort of shit hooked me. I was like, oh, fuck, right on. I would take my daughter hunting to kill this weird tauntaun looking thing. Spectral boar. Yeah, the spectral boar fucking thing. Um, let's talk about that first. The spectral boar? It was artwork, weird. <laughs> the artwork in general in this book. Gorgeous. Yes. I thought. I agree. What did you think, Dean? Yeah, I mean, uh, especially when it got to the part where um, the, the old man's doing battle, um, I, I just the way they did all, like, his energy weapons and stuff came out yeah. really well, and it conveyed well through the uh, the art, which I, I was impressed with. Yeah, a fucking Opinia's storytelling is on point in this fucking issue. Just out of control. But the story itself seems to be that there is the Mud King, um, mm -hmm. who's the big bad guy, 
has an offer that he makes to everyone in Zal, I think was the name yeah. of the planet that we're on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He makes an offer to everybody. And this one family, the Osidious family, will not even listen to the offer. And because of that, the Mud King has sent out his minions to kill the Patriarch, the grandfather well, of the family. Hold, hold up. All right. It, from what I gleaned from it, it sounded like... Ooh, gleaned. Yeah, gleaned. I'm using a, using a $5 word. Excellent word. Thank you. Uh it sounded like the father did accept it, and he then refused to help the king. And that's I, I don't know. That's kind of what I got from it. I don't I don't know. Because he he heard the offer, right? That's, he heard it, and he maybe reneged on the deal. That's what it sounded I think, like. I think so. He yeah. He did have like all these crazy powers. Like he's way stronger than the fucking kid with the bow or whatever. But um, yeah, but it was a it was a big secret that he had even listened. Right, and I, yeah. I, I, you know, that's why the credo came up that you're not supposed to hear hear it or whatever because, I guess he went through it and whatever the fuck it was is bad news bears. So that's kind of what I got from it. I don't, I, you, Dan, you got something slightly different. So I, I don't know what's what. Yeah, well, like our main our main character Adam. His father, Zeb, either heard the offer or reneged on the offer from the Mud King at some point. Um, but they're farmers kind of like out, you know, Aunt Owen and her Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru. Petunia. Baru, is that what her name is? I'm a bad yeah. fan. Um, Aunt Soon Dead and Uncle Gonna Bite It. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Fucking Thumb Wars, anyone? No? Okay. Just me? Doobie dooby doo. Uh, <laughs> you crazy. Now I have to go watch Thumb Wars, which is not a thing I say very often, but has to happen. Um, so like they're they're kind of out and they're they're farmers, and I th throws us right into the story. Like the Mud King's forces show up, and the Zeb, the grandfather, tries to get everybody you know to safety, get them into the bunker. Uh, go, you know, tells his son Adam, go in, get your nails. Um, which are bullets for his gun, and he's going to stay out there, and he's going to fight it. They try to get all the animals out of the barn and all this shit, and spoilers, uh, Granddad dies after having fucking dope-ass energy swords come out of his eyes. <laughs> I think it was pretty fucking dope. From. It was pretty fucking dope. Like, like it was fucking, it was a cool-ass battle. Like, it looked really cool. Um, the coloring, Matt Hollingsworth did the colors on this book, were really fucking cool. Yeah, whoever that henchman uh, was was also, like, really incredibly detailed as well. I, yeah. I, I did enjoy that. He was playing a flute. Yeah, yeah, he was a crazy motherfucker. Like, and his flute, like, sent knives out and shit. It was fucking cool. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm I'm sure, because I, I know from Rick Remender and the type of detail that he puts into his work, I cannot read music. Um, there might actually have been the, real music. I'm sure that was a song, yeah. I am sure that that is a song. Like, I'm, I'm positive of it. And maybe we have some listeners that can... Uh, like... It was Dream On by the Stones. <laughs> Isn't Dream On by Aerosmith? No. Is... Isn't it? Uh, I, I could be wrong. <laughs> I just, I I'm young, so forgive me. It was <laughs> one of the two. So, uh, it was Tiptoe Through the Tulips by Tiny Tim. <laughs> <laughs> it was Aerosmith. I apologize. Okay. I, I'm old, so it's okay. Uh, so he's, he, like, the, the main henchman is, like, playing this flute and, like, fucking weird 
mud cobras and mud wolves are popping <laughs> up and like. I'm gonna call my poop that from now on. <laughs> mud oh, girlfriends. Man, what? <laughs> mud girlfriends. God. You didn't man. already? No. Oh, oh what a mistake I've been making. <laughs> Your whole oh life. God. Oh boy. All Sorry. Right. Go on. So they're fighting and like dudes talking shit and the old man looks at him and he says that. Whatever the offer is, it's Bunkum and Balderdash, which is any time a book has Balderdash in it, I'm going to recommend that I you buy it. I did notice that, yeah. <laughs> um, but he uh, he keeps saying, you know, you're going to bend the knee. You know, you're going to bend the knee. And I, I got a very... Because over the summer, Tiff and I just watched through most of uh, Game of Thrones again. So it, I got a very Stannis Baratheon vibe from the Mud King. You know, because he kept telling people to bend the knee and then... You know, spoilers, Game of Thrones fans. Uh, Stannis bends his own knees um, to Brienne of Tarth, and it was badass. Anyway, um, so, yeah, like, there's this big fight. Grandpa dies, and uh, Adam then takes his family and says, like, all right, well, the Mud King came here to kill us, and uh, now I'm going to go see him. And his wife's like, the fuck you say? That doesn't sound like a good idea Bitch, you're at crazy. All. Bitch, your fucking father. That is, that is just, the opposite of what is good. He just sacrificed himself so you wouldn't do the thing you're about to go fucking do. It, it, was, it, was, it was a little nuts, yeah. Like, uh, I I get. You know what? Maybe I just needed someone to like talk to the book about because like now I'm thinking about. It, I was like, yeah, it was, it was pretty all right. Yeah, I'm not. I I liked this book. I thought it was really cool. I really liked it. I, I'm not. I am not as blown away by it as I thought I was going to be coming off the heels of Fear Agent, but Fear Agent was so good and such a singular thing that it's kind of unfair to really expect that. But Adam, our main character, is now going to go off. He's going to ride his Tauntaun off to see the Mud King. And apparently he is dying of some sort of fucking horrible cancerous disease because he is coughing up blood the whole time. So he's either got the consumption, a shitty case of the itis, or cancer. Yeah, what are um, they? They said something about it. I can't remember just now. Yeah, he says his, it, it spread um, from like his his guts to his stomach chest. to his yeah his guts to his chest. So he doesn't have he's not long for this world. Which right? is so, I'm assuming why he's taking this. That's trip. why he's going. Yeah. Yeah. Because right, it's it's a suicide mission, but eh, not really because he's going to be dead soon anyway. So. I guess that's all they said. I thought I remembered something, but that must have been it. Well, he, he eventually gets to the town or to the place where the Mud King is. He goes on this, like, two-week journey, and when he gets there, um, he meets a girl who's like, Hey, you're back. Awesome. Uh, he's waiting for you. Come on down, but let and me look Groot's inside you there. first. Yeah, Groot, Groot is, is there. there. I'm um, like, where the fuck did Groot come from? I thought that was the Mud King for a minute. He did not identify himself, oddly. No, he no, didn't. He didn't. <laughs> I am not Groot. Wink, 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 hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Are you Groot? <laughs> we might be. It's possible. I don't know. Um, Actually, my thing. name's Ron. <laughs> I mean, there's the... Uh, just one thing. There was the perfect reason why he didn't do it. Uh-huh. But I felt... Like we missed something by having him take a two-week journey across the known world and just having it in one page. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously you have to do that because right. you can't spend an entire series of him just walking through landscape. Says you. 
<laughs> this is but it's Kung interesting. Fu. It is. He traveled by arrow to. Uh, <laughs> he traveled by map, Muppets. just like Indiana <laughs> he Jones. He travels by map, like Indiana Jones. Oh Christ! No. Uh, so, but I just we missed we missed a lot by putting seven panels on one page and just. Yeah. I mean, I think for for such an interesting fantasy world, we're missing a lot of it. We're missing a ton of it, and it yeah. shows a little. He did it because he had to, but it's just like you have in your mind this incredible developed world, and we're getting pieces of it which can be an effective device by like leaving you wanting more, basically. Right. But it's just it's a little on the edge of like not enough. So what like, you're oh, saying? Oh, Grandpa has energy swords. Comes out of his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. The Mad King controls dirt. Sure. And dirt sounds about they're right. They're a week away from your farm. There is fresh water and fairies. Mm -hmm. Where the fuck did the fairies come from, dude? Like they live a week away from the farm, and then a week away. another five days from the farm. It's Arctic wasteland. Mm -hmm. which is directly next to the, the desert. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole bunch of things, and I want to know about it, which is why I'll probably keep reading the book. Well, so I, what you're saying is that Rick Remender is selfish. That's selfish, Rick Remender, selfish prick. Rick Remender is self-assured with every reason in the world to be so. That's true. He is fab. He is a fabulous man. Fabulous! He, he wrote... <laughs> This this book has, I think, my favorite panel that I've seen in quite a while. Um, as Adam is coming into this town, there's a bunch of Mossack uh, fighters. Uh, they're the good guys, I guess. And they're fighting against the Mud King. And, uh, you know, they're like, oh, you abandoned us. And we're still fighting. You know, help us out. Help us out. And then the top of page, I don't know, 20-something. Um, you help! He says... <laughs> He says, not my war, as a dude gets beheaded by, like, a flying monster. It's fucking awesome. It was awesome. the equivalent of just going, meh. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking Rick James punching a motherfucker in the face and singing cold-blooded at him. Like, it was just <laughs> hardcore. Like, dude gets beheaded. He's like, you're right. Meh. It's not my war. Fuck you. I thought I'm, it was awesome. Rick James, just, bitch. I'm just hitting up Stop and Shop. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I just, I gotta get a fucking slurp, fuck off. And then there's like, there's another weird panel a couple pages later of like a big tree that has a bunch of eyes in it and shit. Book is oh, no. fucking weird. It's fucking weird, and I liked it. It's the right kind of weird. Yeah. 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 This was the right kind of weird, not Britannia. Like, this is how you do this kind of weird shit. And, you know, we get to the last page, final offer, or final uh, panel is the Mud King looking sort of Skeletor-esque, sitting on this throne, and he asks Adam, will you hear my offer? And boom, that's where we are. So, I Which fucking... Which is a hell of a cliffhanger. It's a good cliffhanger. I liked it. I'm into it. Uh, it did get me. Like, even even I was like... And I'm still not sold on the book, but even I was like, okay, all right. I, I kind of want to know there what was, happens. There was enough here to warrant interest in issue two. You know, to see where this is going. I also really like that Remender, at the end of this book, put in a lot of the songs that he had been listening to while yeah, he was writing cool. this. I thought that was cool. I think it's an interesting mix. Like, he's got, 
fucking Killer Mike on there and Kendrick Lamar and Black Sabbath and Sufjan Stevens. Didn't know Rick Remender was a uh, big hip hop guy. Who the Didn't fuck know. isn't a big hip hop guy? Let's be honest. I, Kendrick Lamar is fucking amazing. Ah, uh, Harry Potter. And he's got De La Soul on there too. I mean, come on. That's fucking. I like Rick Remender. So I, I think you should pick this book up. I thought it was fucking cool. It's, it's worth your time. You know, you Definitely. guys seem you guys yeah. seem to be on board, at least for another issue or two. Yeah, yeah. another issue. Yeah, I, I Remender's Remender's fucking writing is always good. Like he's doing Black Science currently, which is another great book that Image is putting out. Um, like I said, and Deadly Class and Tokyo Ghost, which is fucking awesome. Tokyo Ghost um, is nuts. He almost lost me, but I'm I'm still. Way in. I mean, Ghost I from Tokyo. Love what can go Tokyo wrong? Tokyo Ghost. Tokyo Ghost might be my favorite book of the year. Uh, what about it's Tokyo Drift? So, uh, well, now that you put it that way, no. Aww. But <laughs> but Deadly Class is fucking cool. And like I said, if you can find Fear Agent, that shit is fucking excellent. Like I I recommend that most highly. So buy it for me, buy it for Matt, buy it from Dean. Three buys. That's good. Hell, so, Evan, Evan says bye. Evan said bye. He's he not even like fucking, here. No. Not, he didn't even read it. He says bye. So uh, let's go ahead and skip over to the DC book this week. Uh, Trinity, number one. Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. But not the Batman, Woman, Wonder Woman, and Superman you may know and love. The Batman that you know and love. The Wonder Woman that you know and love. And Superman from another planet who impregnated Lois Lane. Has a fucking kid. Well, the that whole family is alternate. It's Earth One. Yeah, they're it's, all from no. It is Earth. Not. Who gives a fuck? Different Earth, different different universe. Superman. Put it that way. You're the same you, and it's the same date, but everything else <laughs> is different. All right, I mean, all that shit aside, I didn't hate this book. Like it, it wasn't bad. I did. The, and, I, why and why didn't you hate it? it? I didn't like this at all. So oh, let me let me convince me why I am wrong, or that's not a fucking accurate. That sentence made no well, sense. All right, I mean, I, there's <laughs> not really much to explain here. Really, the book is like it's it's the forming of the original three: Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. This is just kind of how it goes about literally it's it's them having dinner the book is them having dinner and the reason i liked the book was because it was kind of I, I, heartwarming it was just a nice book till it got to the end and then the ghosts go ghosts maybe like alternate phantom zone yeah like, no, there was like, a, that threw me it was off like a quantum mirror wasn't it i don't know like it was the mirror of erised D um, look, DC had the ability to just stop the book, and it would have been fine. Instead, they wanted to throw ghosts in there, and then I was like, no. I, it's a ballsy choice for a first issue, because you're right. This book is Batman and Wonder Woman in their civilian identity, so Bruce and Diana, going to recently transported to this reality, Clark Kent and Lois Lane's house, for dinner. Because, I mean, there's the reason. Well, yeah, because this Superman doesn't know them. Like, he knows what he had. So, Lois kind of 
puts Clark in a spot where she's like, I invited them over for dinner. Fucking deal with it. Because I'm <laughs> the boss, bitch. Even though you could probably snap my neck with your pinky. Uh-huh. So, yeah, like, I get it and I like that. Y- y- because I, I, they need to get that relationship going so books can keep being written. So I, I get it. Like, you, they're, they're trying to build upon the old relationship and stuff. But it was... It just got weird at the end. That If it didn't get weird, it would have been fine. I mean, I, th- I kind of felt like the idea of the book is that you have to get a little bit of reacclimation out of the way. So then eventually this Superman just becomes the Superman. And they don't really refer to him being from another universe anymore. Like, he'll just slide into the role. And he- here's the thing about that. I, I get why they would do that. But... We record a podcast every week. I we read a bunch do. of these comics. Um, well, I say every most of a, at least one of us is here every week. Um, at least <laughs> we read a lot of this shit, and I had already forgotten that this Superman was from a different Earth. Uh, so okay. I already yeah, really I, to be honest, I yeah kind of forgot. <laughs> Like, I already, and that's the problem with DC continuing to reboot and change their universe, is that it's so confusing at this point, and like you said, Matt, it's eventually going to get to the point where they just don't refer to him from being from the alternate universe anymore, so what are we doing? Do you know what it's like? What's that? It's like that moment in, uh, what's it called, Beer Fest? Uh Uh-huh. Where the one guy dies, and then his twin brother shows up, and he says, you know, I've heard so much about you, it's basically like I've known you all these years. And you love my brother so much, and I look just like him. Hell, why don't you just call me his name? Could you just, could you just call me Landfill? Yeah, that was it, Landfill. awesome. Oh, what the hell, why don't you just call me Landfill instead? And that, that's That's really, like, oh my god, that sums it up so perfectly. This is Beer not a, this is not a book you spend your money on. I mean, other than the art, which I love, Francis. What's well, a Manipal's hell of a time art. to tell us, Dan? I think. Sorry, I know. Um, little forewarning next time. <laughs> Use Dean's a, time machine. Be a fucking precog. I forgot I had that time machine. All right, I'll go park it outside Dan's house. There you go. Go back to five minutes ago. Um, the artwork was great. I thought a lot of the uh, the page layouts were really cool. Like the the panel that we get introducing Wonder Woman has the fucking, like, golden eagle as the panel layout behind her. She's, like, carrying this big-ass boar. And the same thing for the Batman introduction. Like, we get the bat symbol, and that's the panel layout and the breakdown of all the stuff. Like, all of that I thought was cool. Um, Now it's it's just two movies. (laughs) They took Beer Fest, and they took Robin Hood Men in Tights with the (laughs) boar and dropping it on the table. Abe Lincoln. Did you say Abe Lincoln? (laughs) <laughs> I'm on the west bank I'm on the east bank I'm on both banks oh, that movie's fucking incredible this has been chock full of movie references this evening um, yeah I, it was just I don't know it was awkward I don't really see the point of this book they they have dinner and at the end of it um, you know like Dean said they're they're all hanging out and Bruce and Clark and Diana are just you know, shooting the shit, and uh, they hear a noise from the barn, and they open the barn door, 
And there's Pa Kent and little Bruce, or little fucking Clark. And uh, they're like, I thought we heard a noise from the barn. And Clark says, I thought I heard a noise from the barn. And I, uh, okay. You know what this could have been without the last page? Beer What's test? That? A one-off. <laughs> You're, you know yeah. what it could have. And like, now it's ongoing for no discernible reason. Yeah. I just don't. I just didn't care. You know, if if I'm reading a book that has Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman, I want them fighting Despero. I want them fighting Lobo. The little I mouse? Want, no, not tail of Despero. The fucking purple guy with a third eye and a shark fin on his head. The little mouse with the giant ears? Yeah, that guy. Voiced by Michael J. Fox. Yeah, I, I think you, you hit on a very good point, though. Like, without that last page, this is a one-off book. With that last page, it's an ongoing series that we don't care about. And, I mean, all it needed to be was a one-off. Because if you're following DC, and you know that the Superman is, the Superman of whatever... Is this Earth-1? Whatever. Earth-1... Er, it's Earth-something or other. He's dead. Right. And then, conveniently, they had another Superman on hand who had been around a little while with his family... And they say, well, I guess you can just call me Landfill instead. Yep. And so he's in. And then if you follow things with a bit of real-world logic, you will see, or have already seen maybe, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman fighting together. And you're like, wait a minute, isn't that a whole other guy? Don't they have to talk this out? Maybe over dinner? <laughs> And I wish make there was fun a book Batman. I could read about that. Yeah, and they they did need to, and then Rainbow they did, suit. and then you get back to the Justice League. Right, it's a one-off. Yeah, don't buy this book. Yeah, whatever. Rainbow suit. Yeah, don't don't buy this book. Rainbow suit. No good. Is it a pass from both of you two? I mean, I I mean, I'm a hard pass on this. I I, I thought I it was cute. Thought it was but I, I don't think I'd like go out of my way to find another one like I was like oh that was all right like I didn't hate it well I didn't like the end but the rest of the book was okay like I again I thought it was nice heartwarming but besides yeah, right. that like, it, like eh, you know just read this one disregard whatever else they're doing <laughs> yeah Don't pay with, attention. with like yeah fucking ethereal paw Kent or whatever that's gonna be weird yeah no don't care if it's not fucking Russell Crowe I don't care about Superman's dad Fucking stupid Kevin Costner. Kevin himself killed. Why? Why? He was, he was why? Good. why did he fucking do it? Oh God. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe he wanted to the go back to Field of Dreams. Maybe. Maybe that that was the dream there. Maybe maybe Ray Liotta was waiting in the tornado. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Ray Liotta was the tornado. <laughs> I've always felt that about Ray Liotta. Every time I see him, I'm like, ah, he's very tornado-like. <laughs> except in, uh, except in Hannibal, when, uh, his head is off. <laughs> Brains are just all out of this. Anyway, uh, Venom Space Knight, uh, number 12, has a Civil War II banner on it, and, uh, it is, this was, uh, a former co-host of the Paper Cuts podcast, Evan, um, his biggest fear with this sort of shit 
was why do I have to read all these ancillary titles when they have the banner on it? And this book has fucking nothing to do with Civil War Two. Yeah, I feel bad for anyone who literally who, nothing. Yeah, anyone who bought this because they thought it had something to do with Civil War, that's fucked up. There fucked is up. a line. There's one line where Spider-Man says, Ulysses had another vision. I gotta get back up to New York from Philadelphia. Peace out, bitches. That's the fucking entirety of the Civil War II tie. That being said, written by Robbie Thompson, art by Gerardo Sandoval, I really enjoyed this issue. I feel like we're back on track. We are back on track. I'm happy. Everything is good. Like, it's, it's just... Um, we thought the whole Earth trip was going to really fuck things up. It didn't. No, not yet. I think it's, I think it's, well, I don't know. Go ahead, say it. It's going to. <laughs> well, yeah, that's probably Because I've true. seen the solicitations for the new series. Yeah, that's a good Look, point. Look, you, you have the Antichrist mania going on. I'm, I'm still going to read it. Well, oh, first yeah. of all. No, yeah, totally. Oh, sure, we will. But let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about the artwork first, because I don't know that I have seen a more Todd McFarlane-esque Spider-Man since fucking Todd McFarlane left the book. But this this like first panel where Spider-Man is up here, like there's the big fucking like head and the bust of Spider-Man, basically. Um, so McFarlane-esque, like reading through this, it was like fucking screaming out to me and I love Todd McFarlane and Spider-Man so like right away I was fucking into it but what did you guys think of the art because this is still very different from Ariel Olivetti who we loved oh, yeah. so much at the beginning of this book it, well, it's, uh, go ahead Matt oh sorry I was just going to say it's it's convenient for me I know this guy I like this guy so this was good very different uh, from what we had, especially the little bit of Space Murder Bear, because that's how I just compare the art, is with Space Murder Bear. Because right. before, he barely had any eyes, or she, she barely had any eyes, because, like, it was a bear. And now she's got, <laughs> Space like, Murder bear. she got cartoony eyes. So, a little bit, yeah. Like, I, there, there's definitely a difference in stuff, obviously, but it, it's still good. It's not bad. It's just different. It is it is very different from what has come before, but I I really enjoyed it. So basically, the I, the crux of this issue is uh, is Venom and Spider Man teaming up. Venom has no recollection of Spider Man ever being his host. That part has conveniently uh, been erased, but he remembers other shit. Uh, and they are in Philadelphia looking for Mania, the other Venom symbiote that is. Uh, running around the part of venom that has not been cleansed um so are we saying like carnage hasn't been cleansed right and neither right. has toxin or anti-venom no they're they're all still dead yeah anti-venom's okay. gone but toxin came from anti-venom is the, is toxin gone too like again with the the shifting continuities i don't really remember all this shit go back and read down it's fine just <laughs> fucking read Valiant universe <laughs> So, so much less minutia. Um, we won't see Toxin until somebody needs him for a right. plot device, yep. and then we'll see him. But okay. Anti-Venom's dead, as far as I know. Fair enough. Unless um, Franklin wants him back, and then, you know. Yeah, well, there you go. So, they're... Basically, I mean, the whole thing is the search for uh, Mania. Spock. They find the search for Spock. Spaceballs 3, the search for Part 2. 
they uh, they find Mania in the sewers in Philadelphia. They're fighting, and uh, you know Venom won't fight back, and Mania gets pissed off. Why won't you fucking fight back? Spider-Man shows up, big electrical soundstorm, knocks the symbiotes off of both of them, puts them in a big fucking tube, and that's that. We go back to Parker Industries, the Philadelphia brand, and we get the big cliffhanger of the issue that the Venom symbiote, the part that was attached to Mania is scared and is not scared of what you might think it's scared of. It is scared of Andy, the girl who is Mania, and she has the hell mark on her. So I don't know if this means we're gonna get Damien Hellstorm in this book, but if so, I'm even more excited about it because he's such a ridiculous character, but we're bringing in some weird mysticism and shit, and I fucking dug it. I thought it was really good. It was witty most of the time. Let's too. do it where we can, man. Like, because this book, how many issues is it until uh, it fucking destroys all our hopes and dreams? I don't know how many. I think it's like four more issues or something before it reboots. Or some shit Why are like they gonna that? reboot it again? What's wrong with it the way it is? For Marvel now, more diversity, female venom. Yay, boo. Um, so I have we have some concerns going forward as to what the book is going to become, but for right now, there was that weird little interlude in the middle where it wasn't very good, and now it seems to be kind of back on track. I enjoyed the shit out of it. I liked it. The art I thought was great. It was classic Spider-Man superhero art style in here. Um. It's a good one. Yeah, I dug it. I dug it. Do we have anything else to say about it? I mean, no, it was good. Fucking it get it, yeah. man. Like, what? Don't. Keep, what are you doing? Just fucking waiting here. And you know, tweet Marvel. Tell tell them you want the owl to have a spinoff. Owl does need <laughs> a spinoff. The secretarial work tits. they needed, kind of a domestic. Well, not domestic, but. I hope that's how the book ends. Like she comes back and. She's like, I I want that date, and Flash is like, okay, you're in charge now. Because I'm not lady. Venom anymore, yeah. so I got time on my hands. And spoiler that's, alert, sorry. That's the fucking book that I want to read. I don't want to read Batman and Wonder Woman having dinner with Clark and Lois. I want to read Flash and Owl Tits getting to know each other. Especially since you know you need something kind of run of the mill now that uh, Jennifer Walters is not going to be the kind of the. The superhero trying to make it in everyday life because right. she's not her new book isn't going to be lawyer jennifer walters it's going to be really angry really depressed heavily scarred hulk mm -hmm. instead of she hulk uh. it's a it's a very it's a very interesting uh title that they're going to put on there it's long i don't know it's, why they went with it it's a bit long it's a bit I on thought the nose. totally awesome hulk was long but then <laughs> no Frank Joe. So, so they need an <laughs> everyday... Oh, Dan. Oh. No, not Frank Cho, sorry, Amadeus Cho. But fuck Frank Cho, too, while we're at it. I think he had something to do with creation in there somewhere. I yeah, don't remember. I think so. Um, fucking Amadeus Cho can go suck a dick. Anyway, I... That's gonna wrap right. it up for this issue, I think, right? That's all the books. I think, good. I think so. It's all the books. Well, let's, let's pitch this owl book. Get the Kickstarter going. Get Marvel on the line. What was she doing? Was she a secretary? Yes. Well, she was an office worker, I think. Yeah. Owl Pits Incorporated. She was head Owl Pit, I suppose. Maybe. No? Okay. Um, owl Tit the size of her head. <laughs> so good. 
I love Ariel. You think that's that guy's awesome? Mention him twice. You think that's Evan's wallpaper now? Like he said, <laughs> it better be. Evan, we <laughs> demand proof. Pictures or it didn't happen. So yeah, that's gonna wrap up issue one hundred two of the Paper Cuts podcast. Announcer guy, say some shit. Thank you, Dan. Attention listeners. Did you know the Geekade crew are real people you can get in touch with? Did you also know you can keep track of what comes out on the fabulous Geekade website without even visiting it? Did you know that Dean irons his vest every hour on the hour to be prepared for anything? Wait, really? Well, you can keep in touch with Geekade by following them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and more. If that's not enough, you can also send them an email at mail at geekade.com. Be sure to check out the show notes to get all the links and more information on today's episode. Back to you, Dan. Thanks again, announcer guy. And again, thank you for checking out the Paper Cuts podcast. We really do appreciate it. If you have a second when you're done listening to this fine, fine show, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and give us a five-star rating and leave a little review. Write something nice like, hey, your grandma would like this. You probably would. We're nice boys. Have us over for dinner. A brisket. We like it. Tender, right? You know, a little juicy. Don't fucking overcook it, though. You burn the brisket, fucking terrible. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> no, nothing. Okay. I mean, I sure. Has... I'm, I, I'm totally down. For I some love brisket. a tender brisket. Yeah. It's I'm fantastic. Just it's saying, a precious commodity. We're all from like the northeast area. Fucking brisket, man. Anyway, so yeah, go ahead, leave us a five star rating and review. It's the easiest way to get more eyes and ears on the show. Helps move us up the charts, and it's absolutely free of charge. Join us next week when we talk about a whole bunch of other comic books that come out in the meantime if you want to get a hold of any of us you can always send us an email over at mail at ek.com if you want to talk to any of us individually you can follow us on twitter you can follow matt at geekade matt you can follow dean at kimono underscore vest lord and you can follow me at geekade dan I have I forgot my transition where I was going. So on that note, for Matt Much, for Dean DeFalco, for Evan Goldstein, who's our silent producer. Is he editing this episode? Yeah. For our he editor, Evan John Goldstein, and for Dan Ryan, I am Dan Ryan. <laughs>